It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the first of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 812 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, October the 27th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. And you can find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. Game six of the World Series goes tonight. Check out Locked On Rays and Locked On Dodgers to get the goods on that. Our Locked On Dodgers hosts, Jeff and Vince, are actually in Texas going to the games. So it's a pretty cool perspective they have on being up close and person at the weird COVID World Series. So go check that out over at Locked On Dodgers. All right. On today's show, we are continuing our dive back into the NBA draft as we are a few weeks away still from the draft coming up. It seems like it's been an interminable offseason already, and basketball only ended like two weeks ago. But we continue on preparing for the draft and the Raptors themselves preparing for the draft, working out guys, as we talked about yesterday in the form of Devon Dotson and uh, Malachi Flynn. And uh, I'm sure we'll get more news of workouts they got planned for the rest of this week as well. Of course, 10 workouts, I believe, are all these teams are allowed to have in person due to the COVID restrictions. But as Dan Tolzman talked about in the comments we talked about on yesterday's podcast, the Raptors are looking at a slew of about 50 guys to potentially take a 29 or down towards 59 and then the undrafted free agent class. Uh, with that said, on today's show, we are again joined by our pal Robel at Robel Tussin on Twitter, the Sub Me and Coach YouTube page. Uh, Robel, man, how's it going? It's nice to talk to you uh, three minutes after we just recorded part one, but the, through the magic of podcasts, uh, we're, this is a Tuesday episode. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Uh, so yeah, on today's show, we have a whole bunch to get into. We're going to start things off and sort of talk about our favorite guys in the draft. In particular, I have a favorite who Robel convinced me of two months ago when he was first on the podcast, and I have not moved off of, and in fact, have gotten even more steadfast in my belief that there is one player the Raptors should draft at 29 and nobody else. And I, it's weird. I never get uh, attached to draft prospects. It's just not a thing that ever happens with me, but I have done it this year, and we're going to talk about him off the top. Exactly. Xavier Tillman is the man we're going to talk about. We'll get to that. Uh, we're also going to dive into a couple of guards who could potentially be around at 29. Isaiah Joe, who is one of the favorites of today's guest, Robel, as well as Cassius Winston. And then we're going to dive at the final part of the show into the 59th pick and some undrafted free agent targets that could be of interest to the Raptors as well. But let's start things off here, Robel. I mentioned off the top, my favorite prospect in this draft was is and has been, and I think will always remain, Xavier Tillman, the three-year uh, guy out of Michigan State. 
just won the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year or the Big 12. I think Big Ten. I'm not sure what division or conference Michigan State's in uh, because I don't watch a lot of college, college basketball, which is why you're here to help me out. Um, but Tillman, six foot nine, sort of power forward center, big man hybrid, really good passer, very good defender. And to me is still the guy I want the Raptors to take at 29. I've tweeted about it a lot. I have even joked saying the Raptors should trade up to number one to take him first overall because I have stupid brain worms. Um, but Robel, how has your opinion evolved on Xavier Tillman since last we spoke? And where does he sort of sit for you among potential options for the Raptors to take? Uh, and then we'll get to your favorite guy. Uh, maybe if you have a favorite guy in the draft, but I, I don't know. I just have been very, very attached to Tillman ever since learning about him a few months back. Yeah. So I'm not going to lie. Uh, I have been a little bit lower on him because, you know, the more I think about it, I'm just like, um, there's there's a real chance that he just doesn't score in the NBA, and then right. that's pretty worrisome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like the shot, I've talked about the shot being a swing skill, but it's pretty important, and there's no like real indicators that it'll shoot better. Like you really have to just bet on the development staff to fix his jumper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the floater though, which is nice. So like you know, as a once he, you know, gets into the show role and then they, they play the pass, he can still hit that. And he does carve out space in the paint to finish, but he's not going to be like a dominant finisher like he was in uh, college or anything. But yeah, there's like, yeah, well, watching Marcus All, it's like kind of put me on pause on Tillman because I'm like, <laughs> it, it kind of could be, you know, the same situation. But Tillman's very good. I mean, we're not looking at Tillman to be uh, like, 35 minute starter right away like mm-hmm. i don't think he's projected that's a super high end outcome so um he's not supposed to be looked at as that so he doesn't really have to have like you know like like a bag or anything but yeah everything else he just does so well he's an amazing passer especially in the show role um he rebounds he's a solid rim protector a great help defender great team defender communicates you know always has a great attitude yeah, it's just someone that just comes in and, you know, he can stay on the floor and play off minutes because he's also very uh, scheme versatile. He can uh, he can drop, he can hedge, he can do all of that. So, yeah, it's just a great pick. See, it's interesting. You mentioned uh, that watching Marcus Gasol and his lack of offense kind of put you off Tillman. And I found... Like watching Marcus All and the idea of watching Marcus All and the idea of not having the Raptors exist with Marcus All anymore if he goes to Barcelona or whatever it's going to be, um, you know, that is the reason why I'm so in on Tillman because watching Marcus All for a year and a half has made it so I never want to watch a Raptors team without a good passing big man ever again. It's just the best way to watch basketball. Passing bigs rule, and I, I love Serge Ibaka, but there's no way Serge Ibaka is doing that if he's the starter for this team. You're not running the offense through the elbows with him. Uh, same goes for a Chris Boucher or Dewan Hernandez if they get some run as the backup five. You're just not getting that. And just because of the way Gasol has warped the way I enjoy the game, I am very much sold on him taking over and just kind of being an offensive hub that they can run stuff through. We just watched Marcus all average like eight shot attempts per 36 minutes this year. I am totally okay. If Xavier Tillman <laughs> never takes a shot, I can get on board with that because of all the other things that you mentioned that he does so well. Um, I'm curious, you know, you mentioned he can kind of play a bunch of different schemes to me that would fit perfectly into what the Raptors do and I think one of my biggest 
sort of concerns about losing Gasol is that the Raptors may lose some of their flexibility on the defensive end, considering, you know, Gasol was so often considered as the quarterback of that defense and was able to call it different coverages as he saw them, as opposed to sort of having to run a set thing for large stretches of the game, just to keep things simple. And I'm curious, like, is Tillman kind of project as that upper echelon tier defender where he is able to sort of be a defense unto himself, where he can sort of orchestrate the pieces on the board from the back line and, and sort of be that, that anchor that the Raptors have had with Gasol the last couple of years. Yeah, he can, yeah, he can definitely be that, especially, um, because he Bach is like a straight drop big and he's not even like a good drop big. So it's like, <laughs> um, okay, enough with the Baca slander. But yeah, um, they were, yeah, I mean, Tillman, yeah, he can drop and he's not going to be the best defender on the team like he was in uh, Michigan State. Right. So like people say, yeah, he's uh, only 6'8. I think um, he got new measurements. So he's actually 6'9 and he has like a 7'2 wingspan. So I wouldn't be that concerned. The only problem is he can't jump. Right. And which sucks. But <laughs> once he does lose a little bit of weight, I think he, he'll get quicker and stuff like that. But the only my my argument with that is, well, who's really going to how, how many layup attempts are they really are they uh, are teams really going to get against the Raptors? Are they going to get past OG? No. Are they going to get past Van Vliet? No. Lowry? No. Siakam? No. So it's like <laughs> he doesn't have to block like or like protect every shot at the rim because they're just not going to get there like that. So that's that's my point. And then with the secondary rim protection that Siakam provides mm-hmm. and OG provides as well, it's like he has help there. He yeah. has big wings next to him. So. I've not been scared off. I still think the Raptors should take Xavier Tillman if he's there at 29. He's mocked to the Raptors in a couple different mocks out there, and whoever's writing those mocks, I appreciate them. I think they've been reading my tweets, listening to the podcast. I appreciate it very much. Um, I'm still fully on board. Uh, let me turn it to you then, Rebel. Who is your absolute favorite prospect that could go to the Raptors at 29? I know there's obviously some guys probably at the top of the draft that you're a bigger fan of, but in terms of guys who are theoretically going to be available at 29, who is the number one guy that you're excited about? Um, I mean, Riller, but we already talked about Riller, so I'll go to like my sec. Is he a second? Yeah, if he's for sure, the guys that are for sure available mm-hmm. at 29 because Jaden and Bomaro are like my top two guys yep but Isaiah Joe is going to be for sure available at 29 he, like there's like a really high chance and I really really starting to like him um when I was watching um college and I was just like this guy he took uh I think he took how many threes did he took 11 or 10 let's see uh yeah he took 10.6 threes in college <laughs> like as a sophomore so like he he shot 34%, but he shot 40% on eight attempts last year. Like mm-hmm. he's a shooter. Like he's a shooter. So um he shoots like anything. Like he has J.R. Smith like uh, level confidence <laughs> and like wiring. So you I just love to see that because there's a real case for him to be the best shooter in the draft. Like Desmond Bain's an amazing shooter. Aaron Neesmith is a very good shooter as well. They have their percentages, they're both uh you know, like f- near 45 and higher. But, you know, like Isaiah Joe has a volume. Like he he can get any shot off, any three-pointer off. He can shoot off movement, off the catch, uh, pulling up. And he's not just more than a shooter. He's also 6'5", so it's not like uh, uh, 
Sorry to all the Matt Thomas stands, but he's not <laughs> he's not short, so he can he has like way bigger shooting windows, so he doesn't just pump fake and has to put the ball on the floor a lot. Mm-hmm. So he he could get it off. He's a he's pretty um large, and he does have more. He's more than a shooter. He can put the ball on the floor. He can run uh side pick and roll. Um, he has a pretty okay handle. He has a nice pull up. He can pass, and then defensively. He is very good as a team defender. Like he is like um, someone, someone uh, on draft today called him like discount Devin Vassell. And mm-hmm. if you guys know Devin Vassell, that guy is like an amazing team defender. Like he gets like steals, like, like he gets steals and you wouldn't even bat an eye for him getting that. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. So he's a very, so he's very aggressive. He gambles a lot, but I think that works in the uh, Raptor system because there's a lot of, uh, you know, you got to close out and you got to, um, you know, run shooters off the line and stuff, and he can do that, and he can make he can be a defensive playmaker, and add on to Van Vliet's uh, defensive playmaking and OG. So, you know, that's a lot of guys who get stocks. So, um, I would really like him there. The only problem is he's so skinny, like he is so um, frail, and he just can't get to the rim at all because of that, mm-hmm. because of his core. Um, and he shot thirty seven percent from the field, so. If he's not shooting threes, he needs to like. There's not really much he could do because even though he does have that pull up, he just he could get bumped off a spot very easily. So the strength mm-hmm. is like vital for him. So if a team thinks they can, you know, uh, build his body up, this is like the e- one of the easiest steals. Interesting. Uh, yeah, he currently comes in at six five one eighty, which uh, <laughs> is uh, yeah, yeah, not that, that's not enormous by any means. Um, but yeah, I, I like. I watched some some video of him because I knew you wanted to talk about Isaiah Joe today, and I like what I see. I like the brazenness that he like pulls up from three with. That is always going to speak to me as a person who likes that style of play. Um, and the fact that he's a good team defender, I think a lot of the times you get those sort of gunner types, and there's really sort of really leaning one way in terms of just being all about offense. But, um, you know, if you add in the good team defense that might fit right within the Raptors scheme, to me, if you think you can build them up and, and add the strength there, which, I mean, you know, Pascal Siakam's gotten a lot bigger. OG Ananobi, I guess, was always kind of a brick shit house, but he's gotten yes. a little bit bigger <laughs> as well. Um, you know, Norm's maybe... gotten bigger too, yeah. Absolutely, of, yeah. yeah. So maybe that's something that they uh, think they can figure out. So very interesting. Uh, I'm glad that we both have our guys that are different, that we like a lot, because uh, we covered two really interesting prospects in this first segment. Uh, we're going to continue on. We're going to look at a couple of guards as well that have been mocked to the Raptors in various mock drafts around the internet. In Cassius Winston and Theo Maldon, I think I'm saying that correctly. I might be saying that incorrectly. We'll learn on the other side, and we will dive into that, and then we'll wrap things up and take a look at the bottom part of the draft with the uh, 59th pick and the undrafted free agent market as well. But first, I want to tell people about rockauto.com, which you know by now is a great site for a car dum-dum like me who always goes to the mechanic and they fleece me because I don't know what things are supposed to cost and I just take them at face value. Well, guess what? If you go to rockauto.com, you can get stuff for up to 50% off uh, of what you would pay when you go to a mechanic. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got every Everything you need 
from you know brake parts, tail lamps, engine control modules, motor oil, new carpets, whatever it may be, whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you get everything you need and a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate as well. And it's uh, they offer the same prices for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why would you spend up to the same spend up to twice as much that is for the exact same parts? I can barely talk today. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked onto there. How did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you as well amazing selection reliably low prices all the car parts you will never need at rockauto.com this is jake from locked on locked on has teamed up with state farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in nba history after beating the heat led by lebron james and Dwayne wade in 2011 dirk nowitzki won an nba title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time but there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support dirk all the way to a championship jj barea Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, Robel, let's dive into a couple of guards here. Cassius Winston, let's talk about him. Uh, I believe I sort of recall going into the college basketball season was sort of the consensus, like best player in the country type guy, uh, a Michigan State teammate of uh, Xavier Tillman, of course, 22 years old, so older than a lot of these prospects. Um, what is your what are your thoughts on Cassius Winston? I believe it's the, it's the Sports Illustrated mock that has Winston going to the Raptors at 29. I could be wrong on that, but uh, what are your thoughts on a Winston as a potential fit for the Raptors? Um, a lot of people compare him to Kyle Lowry. Right. Because uh, of the build, they're both like kind of, I don't know, you guys know what I mean. You guys know what I mean. Thick but, boys. Um, they're thick boys. <laughs> <laughs> you said it, not me. But um, <laughs> yeah, so Cash and Winston last year was like the best player in college basketball. Mm-hmm. And uh, this year he had like a similar season. So that's kind of um, a little bit concerning because it's like, oh, maybe he has reached the ceiling or something like that. Right. But he is a very good shooter, like, every year. Like, 43% from three this year. Last year, shot 40%. Uh, two years ago, 50 And then his, his um, freshman season, 38%. So he has his, like, he has a shot. Like, that's probably, like, 500 uh, three-point attempts. And he probably, like, he maxed out at 43%. So, you know, he's, he's a shooter. Uh, the only problem is the shot windows. He's uh, 6'1". I, I don't think he's even 6'1". I think he's just six foot, like, straight. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, like Mal- I like Malka Flynn a lot better because Malka has, like, a lot of shake. And even though he doesn't get all the way to the rim, he's, like, very good at splitting pick and rolls and he's faster uh, Cashew Wilson doesn't have like burst at all or like athleticism, but he's a very good veteran like point guard. You can tell like at college he was just like smarter than everyone, better than everyone. It was just basketball is too easy for him there. Mm-hmm. I wish he entered draft last year, but um, you know, you have to go try to chase a championship. I, I respect that. But yeah, as a playmaker, he's very solid as well. And 
Um, he got to the line a solid amount too. I don't love this pick. I wouldn't love this pick at all. I wouldn't take him at 29. Uh, I would take him like later in the second round because the shooting, like, yeah, he could be a crazy pull-up shooter, but um, the problem is like the shot windows. Like I feel like he could get a shot blocked pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And just the avenue of him just strictly being like a Devontae Graham type of pull-up shooter. It's like, it's, it's really hard for that to happen. Right. And yeah, that's why I'm not really high on him, especially at 29. I wouldn't really like that pick. Fair enough. Uh, you know, all of the Kyle Lowry comparisons certainly speak to me. Um, but I think I kind of agree just based on sort of the rundown and the comparable guards there. I think I'd probably rather a Flynn uh, than a Winston. Is there any chance, do you think, a guy like this would fall a 59? This seems kind of unlikely. No, and I, I will say with the, the Kyle Lowry um, – Comp is like strictly just pull up shooting and wait. Like yeah. <laughs> it just stops when you realize that it just you realize that Kyle Lowry has always been like a, a crazy athlete who got to the rim like all the time. Like he's just he has like super high burst for a guard. And then Cashins had Cash's wins has no burst. Like people really underrate Kyle Lowry's athleticism. So mm-hmm. you just realize like he's like Kyle, Kyle's like a speed bullet and Cash is more like that slow, like that Fred Van Vliet type, you know? So yeah, that's that's the biggest separator. And that that, that that's, a, that's a pretty big, you know, pretty big yeah. distinction. Yeah, totally. Yeah, anyone trying to compare to Kyle Lowry, uh, you can't do it. He's a unicorn of his own sort of size and rank <laughs> and, and existence. There are no other Kyle Lowry's out there, unless maybe you're talking Chris Paul, but uh, that's besides the point. Uh, the other point guard who's been mocked to the Raptors in uh, I can't, I've read so many mock drafts at this point. I don't even know which site is doing <laughs> what, but uh, Theo Maldon from France, a 19 year old has been uh, mocked to the Raptors at 19 as well. I want to say this was in the athletic one, but again, I, they're all mashing together at this point. Um, what is the read on Maldon? out of france a guy who's been playing pro for three years now yeah so it's actually theo maladon so, maladon okay but, yeah. much better sounding anyway so i apologize <laughs> to theo i got it right now I, I'll, I'll have a good for the rest of time yeah so um the only thing i'm worried about is the raptors might not like him because he's uh he's not six feet he's not a six foot guard that's, that's <laughs> you know they've been they've been um interviewing Dotson, flynn probably cashes I don't know if they want I think they just want to keep that small guard era on. But <laughs> um, all serious is here. Yeah, I like Theo. Like, I like him second after Grant Riller. I would mm-hmm. I would love Theo after that. Uh, and even with that, you can literally convince me to take Theo over Riller because he's 6'5". Like, 6'5", it matters, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm tired of watching small guards. I'm sorry. Like, Bradley <laughs> and Lau are so good. It's just, you know, there's still a stigma that, I just, I, I don't know. I just can't vibe with it. But yeah, Theo's 6'5", six, 6'9", six, wingspan. And he has a strap. He's a shooter. He can shoot, off, he can shoot pull-ups. Um, he can shoot off movement. He's going to be a very good shooter. Um, I don't think he's a primary. He's not someone that I want uh, running my offense. He is very slow, like very, very slow and not really good at changing pace or anything. So he's not one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um he can't really get to the rim. So, um, but when he does get there, he can finish very well. You know, he has the 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 length and the strength. And then on defense, he was bad. But 
we got you also gotta take in the fact that he played in one of the best leagues in the world, mm-hmm. like the Asheville, a French league, and he was a pretty solid starter there. So yeah, he's a good prospect. I think he's very underrated. I think people just don't talk about him a lot because he's boring. And he was supposed to be like the best international prospect, arguably him or Denny, but he dropped a lot because it was just it wasn't just a great season for him individually. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, he was supposed to be like far better than Killian Hayes and like Killian Hayes passed him, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, if you can get that guy at 29, that's amazing. You have a guy that uh, can play on the ball and off the ball. He's a very good shooter. So he just compounds well. And I think Raptors could fix his defense. He does have amazing tools. So yeah, I would like, I would like that. I would like that pick a lot. That sounds interesting to me, man. I, uh, I too, as much as I love Kyle Lowry and Fred VanVleet, I feel like going back to the same well of the dude barely over six feet tall, if you're being generous, like eventually you're going to find someone who is not Kyle Lowry or Fred VanVleet, <laughs> and it's going to backfire on you. Um, and yeah, 6'5", that sounds wonderful to me. Um, we're going to dive into the back part of the NBA draft in just a second. We're going to look at the 59th overall pick. We're going to look at the undrafted free agent market and who could potentially be available there for the Raptors to snag up and turn into a first or second team all rookie player like they did with Terrence Davis. Um, we'll get to that in just a second. But first, a reminder, make sure you're checking out Locked on MLB covering uh, everything going on in Major League Baseball, most notably right now, the World Series as game six goes down tonight. If you're listening to this on Tuesday afternoon or whenever you are tuning in, uh, the World Series could be over tonight. And our boy Sully over there on Locked on MLB does a great job of covering it all for you over there. So go subscribe. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked on NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Robel, let's uh, wrap this thing up by taking a look at an area of the draft that admittedly I am completely blind on. This, you know, the, the limits of my sort of willingness to dive deep into draft prospects usually kind of taps at around 40, 45, and the Raptors are so good that it often doesn't really matter where they <laughs> what's what's happening um, with them because you get to 59 and it's just like anyone's guess. A lot of it is sort of politics and who wants to be drafted, who doesn't want to be drafted, that type of thing, who's going to bet on themselves as undrafted guys and it's all kind of a a mishmash and impossible to understand for me at least someone who is not smart you however are smart about this kind of thing and so i would like your opinion on what the raptors you know could do with 59 is there a player in particular uh, maybe a couple guys who might be there and then moving into the undrafted market who potentially stands out there so let's start out with pick number 59 the second straight year the Raptors will draft with the 59th pick, of course, taking Dewan Hernandez last year. Uh, what are your thoughts on it this year? Yeah, so I've been watching a lot of Denny because I'm making a video about him. And Denny has has had a zero-point game. So I was watching that, and he was going against someone named Yamadar, who wasn't even – he didn't put his um, name in the draft uh, process yet at that time, but mm-hmm. he just destroyed Denny, like. He had 22 points. He's a 6-2 guard, I would say. And he is just an automatic fan favorite if he gets drafted to 59. He's like one of my one of my guys. 
Um, he's like Pat Beverly from Israel. Like he, he will really get into you. He's so intense. Um, he looks like Ang from uh, The Last Airbender. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what I know. I was like, wow. Like you know, like he literally looks the exact same. But like he's super intense. He loves like the game. He also has an offensive game. Like I like his handle a lot. He showed like a lot of dribble combinations to pull up. But he has to. He has to make shots. Like he mm -hmm. has to really like. Uh, you have to really develop that shot for him to become a backup point guard. But his playmaking is also very nice. Like he's made some very flashy passes and he's just, he's really explosive for a guard, not someone that's going to jump out the gym, but he has a really nice first step. Um, and yeah, he can just explode out of moves. But yeah, I would love Yamadar at uh, 59. If we pass upon him, I'll be very mad. A dude named Yam, I'm fully on in for that as well. Uh, give me cool names with 59th overall picks as well. Uh, that that that's an interesting one. Six three guard. Um, is there a big or anyone like that who kind of uh, strikes you as being interesting who might fall down there? Obviously, it's so hard to know because the draft is going to play out and you're getting to sort of the end and you're not really sure who's going to fall to you and whatnot. But um, is there a potential big in that second round range that could be of interest to you? Uh, yeah, uh, I like. Udoka Azubuki, he was like, um, he was he's huge. He's like seven foot, mm -hmm. seven foot eight wingspan, and he's <laughs> like two's like seventy. Like he's he's a big guy. Like he looks like you know, like a Akima Lajuan in college. Um, he and he jumps like he jumps very high. Like he's a lot threat. A lot of people, um, a lot of Raptors fans want a lot threat on the team. Mm -hmm. Like Chris Boucher is like an okay lob threat, like once every 10 games. But yeah, uh, Udoka is a very good, like, he's a very good roller to the rim. He's he's big. Like, you can't really stop him. Like, even though, you know, you're not going to give him post touches, but once mm -hmm. he rolls to the paint, it's like he's going to finish there. You just you just can't, like, you can't stop him, even NBA players. So um, I think I would like that. The defense is bad and probably, you know, the reason why he's going to go all the way to 59. Mm -hmm. But someone that is like, I feel like he can have an energy role in the NBA just because his athleticism, his size and his strength. And just, you know, he can fill that kind of canter role, like that uh, Boban role. And I feel like, you know, you just give us minutes. You just be a very good energy big, even like what Robert Williams did minus like the defense, like right. for the Celtics, look how much that changed like the series, mm -hmm. just him having so much energy out there and just out hustling and just being more athletic than bigs. And he has that plus the strength. So I like, I would like him at 59. Awesome. Uh, and then in terms of undrafted guys who you think will probably fall through the cracks all the way through the 60 picks, um, you know, again, uh, the Raptors have had a lot of success here before Fred Van Vliet, Terrence Davis. Is there another waiting Raptors success story among guys who are likely to go undrafted this year. I like uh, Trent Forrest. He okay. plays in FSU. Um, oh, I forgot to say where Udoka played. Udoka played with Dotson at Kansas. Yeah. And when Dotson was like stuck, he just threw it up to Udoka. <laughs> <Adoka, Adoka, laughs> that's why he got like a lot of assists. So I don't think he's as good as a playmaker as he is. He just had Udoka to save him. But um, Yeah. So, uh, Trent Forrest from FSU, he's 6'4", maybe 6'5", uh, big guard. Uh, he He's a very good playmaker, very good defensive player. Everyone at F FSU is a good defensive player. You can't get a scholarship if you don't play defense. So, yeah, he's he's built like that 
Um, good team defender too. Very good at point of attack. The shot is very bad, and that's why he's probably going to go undrafted. But he, I mean, he's a project that is worth taking on. If you fix the jump shot, even to like a respectable level, he's very good. He's a, he's a very good decision maker. Um, he has a nice floater. He he's pretty. Um, he's a he's a okay athlete. Not nothing crazy, but still a respectable athlete. And yeah, I would like him if he fixes that shot. He'll definitely be a like a big backup point guard with like who's a really good defensive player and could get to the rim and make you know he can um, like set the table and stuff like that. I would like that a lot. And he's not even on most boards or anything. Interesting. I like uh, anyone who's good at defense. It seems like the Raptors <laughs> would be uh, on board with that. And I personally like to watch defensive dudes as well. Um, and, and I mean, look, I think maybe the Raptors ability to teach people how to shoot has been a little bit overstated. You know, obviously Pascal's a, a decent shooter now um, and had some above the break stuff this year, which was very, very encouraging. Um, and, and I guess norms come along a little bit, although norms kind of always oscillated back and forth between good, being good and bad. Um, but uh, like, is that fair to say that maybe the Raptors aren't like necessarily this team that could just like teach dudes how to shoot? Or do you think, they are kind of an environment where guys who kind of have broken jumpers can come in and sort of figure things out. They're, they're pretty solid. It just depends. Like uh, they will get guys to at least take three point attempts. Mm-hmm. Except so Rondé. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, in the beginning of the season, they tried having Rondé shoot and then they realized like it hurts. Look like he, he looks like it hurts him shooting a jumper. And then they're just like, yeah, you know what? Just be a stroll roller, like you know, you'll be fine. Like <laughs> playing the five, and then you know, Chris Boucher takes shots. Like at least they get guys to shoot. Uh, I don't think they do a lot of tinkering with forms. I will say that, but um, his shot isn't broken. Like it's not all the way broken. You have, you don't have to like teach him. You just have mm-hmm. to have him to at least make spot up jumpers. And right, I think that could happen. Yeah, but I wouldn't say they're like a super like you know um, change a form guy. Like make him become like a like. 40 percent shooter but yeah they're like middle in the pack right now at least they get guys to shoot three so yeah volume matters yeah totally um well man i i think you've given us a really great rundown of some names to keep an eye on and i hope we can have you back before the draft because i'm sure there'll be more names that pop up in various mock drafts for the raptors to talk about and i i really don't know if there's anyone that i enjoy their their draft coverage more right now than you i think you just do awesome work with your videos and um you can take a really good approach to things you are a comp averse which i like uh <laughs> because comps are odious and terrible and always the worst thing about draft night uh you know oh the 16th pick he's michael jordan if things work out well uh so glad you avoid that um robel where can people check out your work to find all of the wonderful stuff that you do yeah you can follow me on twitter at robot and go subscribe to my channel it's called submit in coach um denny via video coming out soon i've had a video about probably the top seven prospects except wiseman and halliburn so but before I'll, we'll see if those videos get out. I'm just trying to, you know, cover all the top guys. And now I'm here talking about, you know, the the guys that are going to be available in the later round. So I hope you enjoyed the draft coverage and the videos there. And I think you should go check them out. Yeah, I, I think so too. If anyone is a, is a draft person, uh, really, really 
top quality stuff over at Sub Me and Coach on YouTube. Robel, thanks so much for coming on, man. And hopefully we can do it soon. Uh, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Very much appreciate you taking the time, as always, out of your day to listen to the podcast. Uh, with that, we'll wrap things up. Uh, please subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It's much appreciated. You can find me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. And of course, there's lots of other stuff on the Locked On Podcast Network for you to check out, including Locked On NBA, Locked On MLB, the various team shows covering the teams and the news. It's just an endless stream of great stuff on the Locked On Network for you to go and listen to right now uh and with that we'll talk to you again on wednesday with a very fun episode we're going to do another two-parter this time katie heindel is going to jump on and we are going to relocate every american nba team to canada and find a fitting city for them to play the 2020 2021 season in because that seems like the only safe way to do this upcoming season it'll be a fun exercise we're going to start with the eastern conference on wednesday so stick around for that with katie and until then have a good one we'll talk to you wednesday with another episode of locked on raptors Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.